Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with our signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Welcome, 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 you beautiful human being. It's time for the best day of the week. It's podcast day and a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I am so excited and a little bit nervous to talk to you today. I gotta I gotta frame this episode right away and just let everybody know that I am in a little bit of a weird mood. Okay, I don't <laughs> I don't I don't know how else to describe it. If you follow me on social media, you might have noticed over the past week that I I, 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 I don't know if it's a breaking point that I've hit <laughs> or if I'm in some sort of high or in some sort of low that's become a high or I, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know if it's good or bad, but I have lost my last fuck and I'm not picking it back up. Okay, <laughs> that's where I am. So I don't know really how... I mean, I know how it came to be. I've just, I think I've hit a breaking point and I don't just, I just don't care anymore. And somehow it's, it's added a bit of joy into my day to care less about how I'm portraying myself and what I'm sharing and what I'm not sharing. And the last couple of days have actually been a lot of fun. It's been like a little break from this mold toxic saga that honestly, I'm kind of sick of talking about at this point. I got to take a little break from, from all the mold. Yesterday, I went out and had a glass of wine with, with a friend. Me and Olivia went out and had one and a half glasses of wine. And I had a tequila shot. Okay, I gotta... I don't know if I, I... I cannot tell you the last time I had a tequila shot. It's been years. I mean, it's been years. And I came home and Dennis was like, wait, you had a shot of tequila? Like, I was home at 9 p.m., by the way. This was like a 7 p.m. shot of or like 8 p.m. shot of tequila. I had a shot of tequila. He was like, wait, how was that? And I had to, I had to, I had to be honest and say it was really delicious. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's a sign of, of something else. I don't know. It was really delicious. Casamigos. I mean, it's a good tequila. I am a tequila fan overall, but I have not had a shot of tequila in years. 
So having half, one and a half glasses of wine and one shot of tequila at like 7.30 really made me feel like I, I was at a rager last night. Like I, it was like a rave. I partied. It was like, I was home at nine and I felt like I was out. Like it was, it was amazing. So it's been nice just to have a little bit of, have a little bit of fun sprinkled into this crisis that is just dragging on for freaking ever. And I've also had a lot of fun talking to a lot of you guys on Instagram about shoes and whether or not things sold in shoe stores in 2021 are actually shoes. So I guess we can talk about that. I don't know. I, <laughs> if you're if you don't follow me on social media, you're really you're gonna be really confused about about the shoe thing. So so maybe maybe we'll we'll leave that for now. But I think we should take a moment to ground. What do you what do you what do you say? Do you want to do you want to ground? Do you want to ground and meditate with this version of me? Maybe. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll open up into the body a little bit right now. I mean, obviously I'm sensing this big kind of elevated energy in my body right now. And whatever you have going on inside of you, maybe you're in that same space, maybe you're feeling low, maybe you're busy, stressed, numb, excited, whatever's going on. We're going to use this exact state of being that we're in in this moment as a doorway into the here and now. You know, it's that simple. You can be in any kind of mood, any kind of vibe and still return and be right here right now. So closing your eyes. And for me, I just close my eyes and I start smiling really big. (laughs) So if that's happening for you too, I mean, just take a moment and feel and sense into that experience. You know, just if you're happy right now, what does happiness feel like? If you're high on energy right now, what does that feel like? If you're sad in this moment, what does that feel like? And we'll just take a few breaths into the feeling that's already here, right? That's really key is that we don't try to get to a feeling that isn't there, but that we just hold a little bit of space for what actually is. And then a beautiful way to go a little bit deeper into that is to just slow the breath down a little bit. And if you like your next exhale, you can start to deepen that breath a little bit more. Just elongate the breath out, almost like you're emptying the lungs of air all the way. And then let your inhale happen naturally, gently, slowly, in through the nose. And out through the nose. In through the nose. And out through the nose. And keep going just like that. Your breath, your body, your moment right now. And then begin to notice if anything starts to shift inside of you just by holding the space for yourself right now, just by focusing on the breath. You know, it's so simple. It really is. It's so simple to do this practice, to be here in this practice, and we make it really complex. I've really sensed that over the past couple of weeks, how challenging it's been for me to really drop into the here and now. And then when I do it, I get reminded every time of, oh, it's this easy, right? It's this simple. 
My mind likes to tell me that I don't have enough time. I'm too busy for this. I have too much I have to get done. My to-do list is too long. Save my meditation practice for later. Save the self-care stuff for later. And then when I'm actually here in it, it's like, well, this is the beginning. You know, Can't solve anything, fix anything without first being right here. So feeling into just what it's like for you to give yourself this attention right now, especially if you're in this problem-solving mode, you know, if you're in this vibration of fixing and doing and working and stressing, and which most of us were in that state a lot, and that's okay. You know, it's part of the society, part of what we've been conditioned to do and to think we're supposed to be since we were young, since we were kids. So especially if you're in that state, if you're feeling rushed or stressed or pressured or not enough, just notice the feeling of here now, giving yourself this attention. Almost like the attention you give everything else all day long, the attention you give your work, your kids, your friends, your spouse, your partner, your colleagues, your tasks, your house, your pets. Just take a moment and think about how much attention you give all of these things all day long. And then really acknowledge for yourself what it feels like to give yourself that same attention right now. Then in this moment, and it's a short moment, you know, it's not all day, it's just a few minutes right now, you're focusing on you. Without an agenda, without expectation, without an end game, you know, you're just focusing on you, your breath, your heart in this moment. And as you take a few deeper breaths, just to sink a little bit deeper into your own body, see if anything changes, right? Begin to really notice if something softens in the body, for me, I can notice right away my shoulders just dropped a little bit. My face relaxed a little bit. And I can sense this natural deepening of the breath. I don't have to try as hard after a while, you know, to make the breath slow and deep. The body takes over and just does it for me. So just being right here for a moment sharing the space that we're holding for ourselves together. Hmm. Let's take a cleansing breath. So imagining we're going to breathe together, but imagining that that next big breath in is going to be the deepest breath of your life. Okay, I know that's a lot to ask, but really imagine we're going to take this massive, massive breath in. Here we go. When you're ready, inhale all the way to the top, fill up. When you can't breathe in anymore, hold the breath and then inhale a little more. Inhale a little more. Open the mouth and let it all go. You can choose if you want to stay with your eyes closed. 
You can just bring the breath back in and out through the nose. Or if you want to blink your eyes open and look around the space a little bit. Hmm. Welcome. <laughs> Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I'm faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Oh God. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is a perfect representation of where I am just overall in my life right now. I have this, this feeling of being just a little bit elevated all the time, a little bit high. What is high, by the way? That's a question I've been asking myself a lot. What is high? What are shoes? I mean, big life questions I'm asking these days. But I'm sensing this kind of elevated, little bit of a buzzing state. Like I'm, I'm close to laughter all the time, which for me feels like a good thing. I have a lot of people asking me on Instagram if I'm okay. <laughs> Like if I've hit some sort of breaking point, do I need help? You know, and I love that. I really, 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 I, I love that. I, you know, there's people out there I've never met who really care about my, my well-being, which is so beautiful. But for me, it actually feels like relief. Maybe I have hit some sort of breaking point where I just don't care anymore. It's kind of like when you've been under a lot of pressure for a long time and suddenly you start hysterically laughing, like that's where I am but it's just lingering. You know, it's not like a moment. It's been almost a week of me feeling this way. So I can drop into the body and be here and slow down and just, mm, you know, here I am. And then I come back up and I just, I'm giggling. Like that's it. So to me, it actually feels like a good thing. It just feels like I have, yeah, I've hit a little bit of a breaking point, which just has allowed me to let my guard down a little bit more. I realized a couple of days ago that, the, the situation that's going on in my life right now, it is too much for one single person to fix. It is too much for me as one human, one little tiny human being, you know, I'm not God, I don't have divine powers, you know, I'm just, I'm just a vulnerable little human. And it's just, it's too much for me to, to take on, like, it's too much for me to solve all the things that need solving, to fix all the things that need fixing. 
I, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't. And it's really a, a big thing for me to admit to myself that I can not, you know, this is too much for one person to do. And the moment I got there was kind of like, I could just let my hair down a little bit, you know, like, fuck it. <laughs> I have eased up on my, my detox protocol. I really want to talk a little bit more about body today. I'm going to share the toxic toxicology results that Dennis and Leah and I got just what's going on with our bodies, which has been, yeah, a lot of bad news that we've received and I haven't been ready to share, but I think I am now. I want to talk a little bit about that, but just the kind of strict regimen I've been on for, for a lot of weeks right now, it's really bad timing to be in the middle of a crisis. And then part of this crisis is, you know, you're not supposed to drink any wine, any coffee, have any sugar, any white flour, any bread, all the things that normally like would help a person cope in a crisis, right? That that's off limits for this detox. It's really bad timing, but it's also because I, I spend what, five weeks for me now, I think five weeks without sugar of any kind. And you guys know me. I mean, I, I normally bake every day. Baking for me, is, it's one of my love languages. I normally bake every day. Every day we bake, we bake something. And I mean, I, I bake vegan. Sometimes I'll, I'll alternate between baking really healthy stuff. Like I love, love baking raw things and I love using healthier versions of sugar. But oftentimes I just bake like a regular normal person with white flour, white sugar, and just, you know, do the, the funnest thing I can think of. So it's been, I mean, it's been a long time. I've been living without an oven, without a kitchen. I don't have anything. We had to throw everything in our pantry out because of the mold. I haven't baked any. Oh my God, I didn't even share this. So it was Dennis's birthday. Yeah, last week. It was, uh, what day? What, what day is it? What year is this? Yeah, last week was Dennis's birthday. And it wasn't until 9 p.m. the day before his birthday that I realized, oh wait, I don't have a cake. Like I don't have... <laughs> Our tradition when we have a birthday at home is we wake, this is like a very Swedish thing. Other people think it's weird, I think, but we wake each other up with cake in the morning. That's a super Swedish thing. Balloons, cake with candles, and you get woken up in the morning with, you know, everyone singing, coming into the bedroom with cake. Normally we don't eat the cake, like at least not me, we wouldn't eat the cake right away, but it's like you get the cake. Yeah. And then breakfast and whatever. And we've done this. Dennis has received cake in the morning for his birthday for 11 years, right? 11 years. And I didn't have cake. I didn't have cake. This is like this whole crisis has been so much. I just, it reminded me a little bit of when, when Leah was just born. I mean, she has a birthday just, just a month before him. And so when she was four weeks old, suddenly it was Dennis's birthday and I forgot, you know, I was like, I had a four week old baby. And I remember it was the day before his birthday. And I was like, wait a minute it's his birthday tomorrow. Holy shit. I had to scramble and I had to tell him like we forgot, you know, I didn't have gifts or anything. This birthday reminded me a little bit of that because I didn't have anything ready. So 9 p.m. the day day before his birthday, I went to the corner store, which is this little market that doesn't have anything. It's like they have mainly alcohol and like chips, you know, you know, like a little corner like store that's open late. And they had one of those Betty Crocker style baking mixes. I haven't used one of these in, I I don't even know, a decade maybe. One of those, like, you know, you add, I think you're supposed to add oil, eggs, water. And the actual mix was actually vegan. It's funny, those like really generic, like kind of not great for you foods to keep costs down. Often they don't use real butter. Like they use like a margarine or something like that. So this actually happened to be vegan. 
And then I just brought it. I, I got it. Found, it wasn't a cake mix. It was a brownie mix. I grabbed that. <laughs> I knew we had chia seeds at home, so I could use that instead, like for a vegan egg. And I knew we had coconut oil because I'd use that for whatever. And then on the way to the counter, I grabbed a box of Oreos. Like a box of like an Oreo. I mean, and this is, I mean, normally for Dennis's birthday, I would make like a three-tier layer cake or I would make him like a key lime pie with vegan meringue. You know, I would like make from scratch a complicated cake. You know, that's what we normally would do. And I use organic vanilla and, or, you know, things at home. And now I'm like, here's this boxed brownie. I mean, no, I'm not throwing any shade at anyone who uses boxed things like one step baking is amazing for most people you know time and space to to bake in these elaborate ways that I do at home like most people don't have that luxury I know that but just for me it's it's not something I normally do and there wasn't even a pan so I had to go back to the store and get one of those foil things I mean and I made him a brownie and that's like that's what he got and I couldn't eat it because I'm on this this silly little I mean it's not silly it's really important but I'm on this detox so even on his birthday I didn't have any cake so I feel like we we pulled it off for his birthday. I managed to to book us in or squeeze us in for like a little sale. So in the end, it wasn't bad at all. Like he got, we, we went sailing. I mean, this is, we live in Aruba, so this is something we can do. Like instead of going to the park, you can like book a little sail and go sailing. And we did that. And then he got his little brownie in the morning, lay up, picked cactus fruit from this garden of this Airbnb and put in the cake. It was very cute or in the brownie. And everyone said it was actually delicious, honestly. Later, I, I, I ordered a cake from, from, from our cafe. Like, I, we, we, I figured it out. I feel like he had an okay birthday in the end. But that's where we are at. It's like everything is so hectic, so intense, so challenging that, like, we forget. Like, I'm forgetting birthdays, which is not something I normally would do. But being on this detox, you know, not being able to eat or drink the things that I want has been, in a, in a way, I think it's been good because I haven't numbed myself in a way that maybe I would like to if it wasn't for the detox, right? There's been many, many days where all I wanted to, I mean, over the past month and a half, where all I wanted to do at the end of the day is have, like, drink my weight in wine just to disconnect, right? It's been, it's felt like too much, but I haven't done that, right? So it's been, yeah, in a sense, also very good that I'm on this detox. But what's happened in the last week, the moment I kind of surrendered to, it's too much, it's too much, this whole thing, I can't do it. I'm going to drink some wine. <laughs> I'm going to drink some coffee. Like I just eased up on the detox a little bit. And I honestly think it's been really, really, really helpful. I've been very tightly wound. I guess that's a good, that's a good choice of words. And like drinking some wine, having like a really good cup of coffee in the morning. I'm not, you know, drinking gallons of coffee. I'm having like one, okay, fine, two, two, two cups of coffee. I'm supposed to drink mold-free coffee. They don't sell that here, so I don't have that. But I let my hair down a little bit. And the moment I did, I started enjoying more of myself, like in my days. Like I've just had, yeah, I've had, I've had some fun in the middle of this crisis over the past week. So that's, that's been kind of a joy. We are leaving for Sweden in a couple of days. Literally after this weekend, we leave for Sweden. Leia and I are going Dennis is going to stay um, home and remediate and clean and sanitize and fix the house and redo the whole roof and all sorts of crazy things that are happening. So we're going to be without him for, I think, two months, which is really crazy. Leia's, we've never been apart. I mean, never. Like we, the longest we've been apart was in 20, 2012, I think. No, 2013, maybe. 
let me think, 2012 or something like that, Dennis did a teacher training, uh, a yoga teacher training in, in Mexico, and he was gone for a month. That's the furthest we've ever been apart. Normally, we're not apart ever. And aside from that, he's done a few Ironman races that have been like a week or five to seven days where we've been apart from each other. But Leia has never been away from him for more than, yeah, the length of an Ironman, like basically a week. And now we're going for almost two months without him. And I haven't really started thinking about that. Like, it's hard for me to process that. We're going to miss him so much. And how is that going to be for us when we're there? And, you know, is it going to be really hard on him being alone here? I, I don't know. Also, I'm traveling alone and we're going to miss him. Yeah, I think it's going to be harder than I think. But we also have a lot of support in Sweden. So that's good. And we leave. Yeah, we fly out on Tuesday. And I, in a sense, I feel like I'm just bailing on this whole situation on our toxic mold house. And I think it's a really good thing that I am like the breaking point that I've hit now. I think it's coming right now because I'm almost at my finish line, right? My finish line is getting on that plane <laughs> to go to Europe, like to, to just leave my life behind. Like that's what it feels like. And I'm getting as much done as I possibly can leading up to this point. And that's like, I'm almost there. Like the majority of things on my end are kind of done, right? There's not that much more that I can do than just continue pushing through throughout these days. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where we are. That's like the little update that I that I have, I guess. We have spent the last, you guys know I shared on last week's episode, where we lost the majority of our belongings. I have a video of the container filled to the brim with our belongings that they came and picked up and brought to the dump. It's like a toxic container, literally full of toxic things. I haven't shared it online because I feel like I'm gonna, I feel like it's going to be triggering for people. I don't know. I, I just get a feeling that it's going to, there's going to be drama around that and not maybe people are not going to understand why we had to let go of so much, or maybe they'll, they'll shame me that we that we got rid of too many things and I, people keep telling me you can save that and you can save that and you can send your mattresses to be ozoned and that'll fix it and you can you know like there's different ways you can fog the house and everything is fine and like I just want everybody to know that I ha have been working with the top people in this field right there is a field of mold remediation there's a field like a clinical field of mold illness as well with doctors that just do mold that have for years and years just worked with patients that suffer from mold illness and the consequences of that. There are people that have their whole lives around like helping people make it through a mold crisis. And this problem is way more common than you might think. It's just that, I don't know. I mean, people know in general that mold is bad, but people also, because everyone knows what mold is, have, have this idea that it's, you know, everybody has mold. Like no one's dying because of that. When the answer is, Yes, people are. People aren't attributing it to mold illness, but living in high mold toxicity, I mean, does so much for the body. One of the main things is it lowers your immune system to the point 
of you, your body being susceptible to other kinds of illnesses in a way that it normally wouldn't be. Also, what it does is it makes your body way more susceptible to other kinds of toxins because the mold inhibits your body's ability to detox. It's like you live with toxic mold. Your body has spent years trying to detox the mold, but at, at a certain point, it's like your, your bucket is full. Like the body has too much exposure, too much toxicity. It can't detox anymore. And at that stage, that's when you start getting really sick. And when your detox pathways are closed and your body can't detoxify the mycotoxins and things like that, then all the other toxins that you're exposed to on a regular basis, which we all are, I mean, there's toxins in the air we breathe, toxins in the water we drink, the food we eat, the products we use on our skin, the clothes, you know, the the paint that's on the inside of, of the walls, like everything has we live in a pretty toxic society, right? But for most people, it's it's okay if, if you don't have a big toxic load already present in your body. So you don't get sick from those regular things, at least not at a young age, right? And then if you've lived with this kind of toxic mold, like we've lived, I mean, we're really certain at this point that the mold was there when we moved in. So we know it's been eight years of this kind of exposure. And then what happens is your body can't detox other things. So it's kind of like, Both Dennis, Leia, and I, and for anyone who's been living in mold for a long time, most likely you have high levels of other kinds of toxins in the body too. And I'm sharing this because I kind of want to, I want to share a little bit of the, of the test results that we, that we, that we did. So none of this, I'm going to share some like specific tests and things that we did. None of this is sponsored. I always have to say this. Someone is like, oh, you're, you're just sharing that because you got that for free. And not, none of this, not, not one thing. Um, has come for free or has come as like some sort of sponsored thing in this on this journey. Not one person, not one session with a human. No, everything is just normal. But the the tests that we're that we've been doing that I really recommend if you have the funds or if you can save up for the funds, especially if you have been sick for a long time. We did an Envirotox. It's called an Envirotox package with a lab called Great Plains in the U.S. You can Google Great Plains Envirotox. It is crazy expensive okay it is i don't even want to say it on the podcast because it's so fucking crazy i mean for us it's been really we we had the money to do it (laughs) there's been so many so many things along the way we're like fuck it we can we can make that happen we can swing it it's all adding up to levels that we actually can't manage but i'm really glad we did these tests because it actually gave us so many answers to questions we weren't even asking that i'm really glad i know now You know, we were going to do just the mycotoxin test, which just shows you mold and mold toxicity. And then it was almost, yeah, double the price, I think, almost three times the price to do the Envirotox, which is like the whole spectrum of all the toxicity, like all your environmental pollutants and like what's in your body, how is your body doing from, from head to toe. And we did that one. So if you have the funds to swing that, I would, I highly recommend it. I'm like even... I've been talking to people just who, who I know would be able to do that test, but that don't have major health issues just because we learned so much that really scared me, to be honest. So one of the major things that we learned from these test results were that, yes, both Dennis, Leah, and I have really high levels of mycotoxins in our bodies. And of course, and I knew this was going to be the case, but the molds that I found on the ERMI test that we did, which is this swab test you do for mold in your home, the toxins that we all have in our bodies correspond 100% with exactly those kinds of molds that we found on that test. The highest levels of mold that we have that we had 
or to still have, I mean, it's being remediated now that we have in the house, are aspergillus, which is this very dry forming mold. It's like a kind of mold that doesn't need a lot of moisture. doesn't have to be a massive occurring like current water leak for this mold to grow, but it just needs a little bit of humidity and it's kind of, it's white. You can, it's not this kind of black green mold that you open up and you see, even though we have found that in the house too, but the majority of the mold that we have has been in the attic and in the roof, which is this aspergillus. Am I saying that right? I think so. I've been saying it so many times these past weeks. And they produce certain kinds of toxins called aflatoxins, which are hard to detox from the body and that are known carcinogens, like they cause cancer in the end, among a a, a huge, like long list of, of health issues that you get from these kinds of toxins. And we all have, and the interesting thing is it it shows up in different ways. So for instance, Dennis has like sky high levels of one that I don't have at all, which I, to me is like kind of trippy. It's almost like my body has detoxed that one enough. Like I have just a little bit of it, but almost it's not, not in harmful levels. And then Leia has a level of mold for our mold tests. Her results came, came in the worst Oh, my voice gets a little shaky just talking about that, but I, that's why I haven't, I haven't wanted to share it on, on social media or anything because I'm still, I'm still completely processing all of this, but out of the three of us, her mold tests came back the worst. And there's a part of me in that, that, yeah, I am, I am super worried about her health, but I haven't let myself open up to that worry. You know, it's like, I, one thing at a time. I feel like we can't really, we can't deal with this in this temporary place where we are now in this Airbnb. Like, I feel like we need to get to a more steady place where we can work with more specific pediatricians and things like that to help her. And of course, I feel like, I mean, the the, the guilt involved, and I know it's like, I didn't know, you know, if I would have, could have prevented this, would, of course I would have, if I could have moved us out five years ago before she was born, of course, you know, it is what it is. I did the best I could, but I, I feel like I put her in a, in a toxic environment, right? I feel like I, like I'm responsible for poisoning my kid. One week before we got the results of the ERMI test, one week I had a handyman over at the house because I want to redo Leia's bathroom and her room and our bedroom. It's, it's in the oldest part of the house, which is why the mold has been, the mold has been the worst in our bedrooms, which is where we sleep, which is the worst place of a house to have bad mold. And I always, I always disliked her bathroom. Like I always, 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 since we moved in, it has like a little bit of a funky smell, not really a mold smell. It's more like a, like, like the piping is a little bit old in there and I don't know. It's like her, her bathroom isn't great. So I've had this obsessive thing where her bathroom door is always closed. Like I get really annoyed if Dennis is brushing her teeth and puts her to bed and then I go and check on her and then her bathroom door is open. I'm like, why is this door open? Close the door, close the door, close the bathroom door. I say it probably 10 times a day, close the bathroom door, close the bathroom door. And I don't know why, like I was thinking about that the other day, like why have I been so incessant about keeping this bathroom door closed? And then in my head, it's just, there's something not right with that bathroom, right? So a week before we got the results of the, of the mold test, this handy, I had this handyman over cause I want to redo her bathroom. I was even sharing on Instagram, like a, a couple months ago for inspiration. I want to redo Leia's bathroom. I want her to have a beautiful bathroom that feels good and clean and that she can really love and enjoy. I mean, she's at the age now where she's really enjoying having her own bathroom and, you know, like she has her own little hair ties and hair things and she wants to keep them. Like she's a little girl who wants a bathroom. So I was really in this process, right? And I had this handyman over 
And I said, okay, there's this shelving here in the corner that's really old. It's like not well done. It's like a little broken on the bottom. I want all of this gone. Like I want all of this completely gone, repainted. You know, I want, I want to get a new toilet here. I, like I just had ideas of what I wanted to do. Like, can you get me a quote for this? And then the guy like starts to look, he like opens up the cupboard or the little shelving there and like looks around. He says, yeah, you know, I, I should probably seal this hole back here too, right? And I go, what? What do you mean? He's like, yeah, there's a, there's a big hole here in the back of this shelf. And then he shows me with this like flashlight and all the way in the back of the shelf, you have to open up to look on the side is a hole. It's like that size of a size of a football, maybe like half a football, maybe it's pretty sizable, like a size of a head, I guess a hole, like just in the roof. And I'm like, where, where does this hole lead? He says, I don't know. I guess the roof, I guess this is a hole leading up to the roof. And I just went, that's strange. Like, why is there a hole leading up to the roof here? Why haven't I noticed that we've been here eight years? Why isn't that sealed? Like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Please, please close that. And then a week later, we got the ERMI test back, which was that we have sky high levels of toxic mold all over the house and we moved out, right? And then now what we found out is that that hole in her bathroom is leading into the attic. So Leia has been breathing through this bathroom, toxic attic mold air. I mean, her entire life, like she's had this room her entire life, right? So her entire life, she's been breathing this toxic air coming from the attic. And I'm thinking now that there was a part of me that intuitively knew something is not healthy in that bathroom. That's why I've been like, close the door, close the door, close the door. But I didn't know enough. I didn't, it wasn't the feeling of something intuitively being wrong wasn't urgent enough that I was like, let me investigate, you know, what's wrong here. Like I wasn't in that mind space at all. But yeah, of course I'm feeling an unbelievable amount of guilt that I didn't, yeah, I feel like I failed a bit. I mean, now, you know, she doesn't have a horrible illness yet. She doesn't have any crazy symptoms aside from her eczema. It's getting a little bit worse every day. (laughs) I mean, she has like, she has it in her, in the creases of her elbows and on her butt, she has this eczema and she's had it since she was born. I mean, since she was really little and it goes away and it comes back and it goes away and it comes back. And sometimes it's really bad. And I have to really tend to it several times a day. And then sometimes it goes away completely. But since we moved out, it's been getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And I don't know if it's because she's detoxing now all the mycotoxins and it's happening through her skin. Our skin is our largest like detoxifying organ. So we detoxify through sweating and through the skin as well as like through poop and pee and all of that. I'm hoping that she's detoxifying and that's why it's getting worse. But I'm also, yeah, kind of freaking out about it because it's worse right now than it's ever been. And yeah, of course, I feel like a, I feel like a shitty mom, you know, <laughs> I could, could cry just talking about this, just also that there's a lot in here in her little body that we don't know, like this would have, and I know this, if we would have stayed without fixing this house, you know, this would have led to really serious issues for, for her down the road. So in a way, it's a really positive thing that at four years old, we were able to do these tests and I know now everything going on and we're going to figure out how to detox it, like, right, and then make sure that it doesn't happen again. But yeah, that's a big painful thing for me is that her mold, mold toxicity is the worst. And then Dennis and I both have it super, super, super high. I mean, it's bad for all of us. Like it's, it's unacceptable levels for all of us, but it's the worst for her. But then some other things that came back on this test, which I have not given a thought, right? And now that I've spent the past week incessantly, like obsessively researching this, I'm like, why have I not given this 
thought before. We have glyphosate in our bodies at completely unacceptable levels. Dennis, my dear husband, has it double, like it's almost twice as bad as it is for me and Leah, but both for me and Leah, she's fucking four years old. We have glyphosate in our bodies. So if you don't know, I mean, glyphosate, it's like a big word. I think it's like a, it's like something a lot of people are talking about now. Glyphosate is a compound that's a part of Roundup, which is this Monsanto owned herbicide that they use all across the US and in a bunch of countries in the world as a pesticide, as a herbicide to grow crops and to grow vegetables and fruits and oats and grains and all sorts of things. And it's a known carcinogen. There's, you know, Monsanto is involved in so many class action lawsuits from people that have gotten lymphoma and super serious kinds of cancer from working with Roundup or being farmers, you know, spraying their fields with Roundup or living close to a farm where the Roundup blows over into their own gardens and houses and things like that. It is toxic as hell. And that this is like common practice to use to use glyphosate and, and, and these kinds of things is just insane. And for us, I mean, we live in Aruba. There's no organic fruits here, right? We don't have any farming. You know, we don't have any. I mean, you, you can get like you can get some lettuces and you can get mushrooms. There's like a very, very bare minimum amount of things you can get grown here. And it's grown through hydroponics when it's grown like that. So when we, you know, of course, we get that whenever we can. But there's no... It's not like we have a Whole Foods and you're like, here's all the organic produce available for you. No. You know, when we go to the supermarket, we have two supermarkets on the island that are that are good. And when we go there, there's one of them has a little corner of organic. And it's like, sometimes you'll find one thing of celery there. Oftentimes you'll find like a bag of apples, but they're already bad. There's never greens. There's never, you know, anything like that. And generally what's arrived, like by the time it gets here on a container ship, right, the food has already gone bad. So it's like, I so rarely am able to take home any kind of organic produce for our family at all. And honestly, I mean, no one on this island eats organic because you cannot, you cannot. The only organic vegetables we ever, ever eat are the vegetables I grow myself. And that's not enough quantities, right? And as vegans, we eat way more veggies and fruits and grains, I think, than people who are not vegan. So we have this glyphosate, these glyphosate levels in our bodies that are so unbelievably harmful. And for Dennis, it's really bad, probably from living, spending his whole entire life living here. I'm so mindful, like I don't want to be this fear-mongering person of like, if you don't eat organic, you're going to get cancer. Like, no, most people cannot fucking afford organic food. The fact that the fact that this these practices exist and that's the norm, we all eat these kinds of toxins all the time. I mean, that's part of a systemic, structural, massive, you know, violation happening toward the human race. Like, it is so, 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 so horrible. But I'm sharing this now because there might be some of you listening that like, yeah, you, you, you could trade some things for something organic, right? Or learn a little bit more about what are the worst foods and fruits and vegetables and grains that have the highest levels of pesticides and herbicides and maybe stay away from them, right? Like we can make other, we, we can make different choices in our lives, even on a really serious budget. I really think so. You know, things like, like grapes and berries and things like, you know, that have really, really, really thin skin on them. If you can't get them organic, don't eat them. You know, like that's something that I'm learning now just because, you know, it's like you're basically eating the herbicide. You can't, it doesn't stay on the skin of the fruit and you're peeling it like an orange. You know, you can 
We know herbicides go all the way into foods as well, but most of it is going to be on the skin and on the peel. And if you peel an orange and you eat what's inside, you're going to get lower levels than if you pop a grape into your mouth, right? So I just recommend everyone learning a little bit more about this. And unfortunately, you know, Monsanto and Roundup, it's also in Europe. You know, it's, it's like massive in the U.S., used everywhere all the time. You'll find it even on organic crops because it blows in from other, other farms. It's like really hard to stay away from. But we, like knowing this now, like basically we got these toxicology reports back that are showing like we are, we are on a path that could lead towards something like cancer, you know. And this is, I mean, how rare is it? I mean, and I'm really sitting with the privilege of this. How rare, how unbelievable is it to be 32 and 35 and four and have these tests done and be able to actually see what an accumulation of toxicity has done to your body over the course of your entire life, right? I mean, it's, it's such a, I'm, I'm so glad that this is happening now and not when we're 50 or 60 you know, because that's, I think, I think that's generally what happens is that we, we live with these toxic burdens that wreak havoc on our bodies. And then eventually we get really ill when we're older and then it's, you know, impossible or super, super, super hard to reverse and fix. So I feel like it is a gift that we're able to change the course of our health now and that we, we didn't have to wait for this to become something irreversible, right? But so yeah, Dennis's levels of that, all of our levels of that are, are super terrifying and then the, the most shitty part about this, I'm not going to list like every toxin that we had. Say I had like six or seven things that were completely unacceptable that I have to detox. Dennis had a bunch. Leia has a bunch. And part of it is when you live with mold and mold illness that you, you're not detoxifying things that other people are. So I don't want to freak all of you guys out of like, oh my God, I can't afford to eat organic. Am I going to get cancer? You know, you're, if you're not living in these high levels of mold, your immune system and your de detox pathways are hopefully open. So it's like you can get toxins into the body and you release them and then toxins come in and you release them. It's when they accumulate and stay, that's when you start to get sick. So yeah, I don't want to freak anybody out. But one thing, the worst of the worst that, that we had on all the tests for, was something for Leia in her little four-year-old body. She has unbelievable, I mean, I think it was like seven times the amount of what was acceptable for, for a child her age, levels of percolate in her body. And if you look up percolate, I'm like, I've never heard of this. What the fuck is that? Like, it's like, I'm getting all these results and I'm like, why? Why are her levels this high of this thing? And I'm looking it up. Percolate is part of rocket fuel. You find it in fucking rocket fuel. You find it in fireworks. I mean, you find it in all these like really bizarre things that she has nothing to do with and has never been exposed to ever. And then I spoke to a doctor about this. I have to do more research in terms of like what's specific to the water exactly here. But she says that percolate is something that can become a byproduct from chlorine-based water sanitation. So like in water plants, when they clean the water, right, to push it out to us in our homes, they'll use like chlorine-based chemicals to clean the water, but that those chemicals react with other chemicals in the water and cr can create byproducts of this thing that's, that's percolate, so that it's like a bath and shower water thing. And she asked, she says, yeah, well, it's really odd that Leia's levels are this high, much higher than yours. Like, does she spend a lot of time in the shower? <laughs> and I looked at Dennis and I'm like... 
I mean, she spends two hours a day in the bath. I, I kid you not. You guys know she's a Pisces. I share this on Instagram all the time. She takes two baths a day. I mean, easily. I mean, every day she's in the bath. She'll spend like one to two hours submerged in water every day. She's either completely always in the pool or always in the bath when we're at home. So yeah, that answers that question. Why are her levels that high? I, I don't take that many baths. I mean, Dennis had, had the lowest levels of the three of us. He never takes baths ever. I take a bath like a couple times a week, once a week, maybe twice a week, lay us in the bath once or twice a day for a long time. It's like my favorite thing to do. I pick her up from school. We put her in the bath and she spends an hour and a half and I lie in bed <laughs> reading or doing emails and she's just in the bath having the time of her life because she's a water person, like she's a water being. And now it turns out that this, yeah, potentially, I mean, I still need to have this confirmed, but potentially she's getting sick from spending this much time in un, yeah, in water that isn't, that isn't safe. And, and, you know, there are so much of this. I even have, I have high levels. I have to, I have to look up this name. I mean, I've kind of blocked all of this, a lot of this out, but I used to smoke as a teenager. I still have toxins from cigarettes in my body at levels enough that show up on this test as, oh shit, are you a smoker? <laughs> and I haven't smoked a cigarette since I was 18, 17. <laughs> it's been almost 15 years since my last cigarette. I smoked all throughout my teens. I smoked a lot. Okay. I, got, I gotta say, I smoked a lot when I was from 12, 13, all the way to like 18. I mean, I had years of my life where I smoked a pack a day. I was, I was, I mean, and I think about that sometimes. I used to have those yellowing fingernails, you know, that people have that always have a cigarette, like my middle finger and index finger, like used to be like the nails used to split in the middle because I always had a fucking cigarette there. You know, like cigarettes are so toxic, so poisonous that it shows where you hold a cigarette, right? It's like, I mean, we all know how bad it is. And I still have that shit in my system. I still have it there. So a lot of this to me has been so eye-opening of like all the time I spent in my life not taking care of my health, right? Which I cannot change, which I cannot, you know, I cannot wave a magic wand and go back in time and not smoke those cigarettes. Like that what's done is done. But because I didn't have this awareness of how the body works, I never actively spent time trying to detox those things out of my system because I just assumed that was a long time ago. That's not going to affect me today. Well, it will if it's still there, Right. And it's just a lot in terms of being ill from these kinds of toxic levels of different harmful things. I am now looking into every area of our lives and how can I minimize the toxic load in every way, right? So we have, for instance, just because it's impossible to find here, you know, sometimes, I mean, once in a blue moon, we'll get like an eco-friendly, more natural detergent, for instance, to wash our clothing. But, but that's like, yeah, once or twice a year, we're lucky and we find that in some store on the island. Otherwise, we would have to order it, special order it from the U.S. to Aruba, which is insane. So we mostly wash all of our clothing in toxic, like regular level detergent. And of course, like whenever I find something organic, I find something that has that natural label, which of course you don't even know, is it natural? Is it good or not? You have to do research on your own. When I see it, I buy it, but mostly no, you know. So we have been exposing ourselves and Leia to chemicals in regular day-to-day -day things like, you know, 
like the things we use to wash our floors, the things we use to wash the, that we wash the cars with, the things that are, you know, in the detergents, like there's toxins in everything. And for a lot of us, there are some simple swaps that we can make that actually don't cost more. There is, I'm doing so much research on this right now, especially if you live in the US. I mean, you can buy in bulk. You can find so many options for lower toxic things. You just have to do a little bit of research there. And for me, making that decision to exchange everything in our home just from cleaning products, knowing that cleaning products are like the number one toxic daily use item in, in families. Like I, we can we can change that. We're only, I mean, only for the past couple of months using vinegar-based homemade cleaning solutions that I make with essential oils. Like, And it cleans just as well as fucking Lysol or whatever thing we would buy at the store normally, right? So... I'm kind of on this mission now to how can I, how can I lower the toxic burden for all of us in terms of the air that we're breathing inside, the water that we're drinking, the food that we're eating, the products that we're using, the skincare, you know, and just, just knowing that it's so hard for us to get here in Aruba is making me feel like (laughs) this is probably like a crazy thing to say, but I would be, I feel like I want to move to a country where we can where we can live a lifestyle that where we are exposed to less, less toxicity. And that's so horrible. I mean, it really, really is. It's just because it's not accessible here. You know, there's not in the stores that don't, they don't sell it. Like that's a, is that, is that a stupid reason to want to move? I mean, I feel in a way that the universe is telling us to move for a bunch of different reasons, even though our house is going to be remediated. And hopefully in like a month, Dennis will send me pictures of him being able to be in the house without a mask and without protective gear and that, you know, that everything is going to be clean and, and healthy again. But I, I don't know if this is the long-term place for us, knowing that, you know, this is, this is what's been in the bathwater here. Like this is all the foods that we've been eating. I've been eating non-organic produce for the past 11 years because it's not available. And what a fucking luxury that is, right? It's like, I want to eat organic foods. Why is that a luxury? Why is it a privilege that only a few people in the world can afford to not ingest glyphosate in their day-to-day meals? I mean, that is so, it's like I'm opening the biggest can of worms ever, just looking into all of this now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up.
sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. That's where we are. Me in terms of my health. I mean, I'm on this detox program now. I'm working with Dr. Jess. You guys should follow her online for mold stuff. She's absolutely amazing. Um, You can follow her on Instagram. She has a big following there. And she's been super, super helpful in terms of just understanding these labs and yeah, and what to do. And I'm on this detox plan. And for the first two weeks of the detox, I didn't feel that much. And then, yeah, about a week ago or so, I started getting pretty serious headaches. I'm just feeling like I'm getting reactions in my body from things leaving my system, which in a way feels good. Like I'm kind of glad that I can feel you know, toxins kind of hurt on their way out. So I'm I'm kind of glad I can feel, I'm having a bit of like Herx symptoms and things like that. For Leia, we're doing it super slowly, super slowly. She gets a couple of like mineral drops and a couple of mitochondrial support drops every day and then half a capsule. I take seven, no wait, I take 15 a day, 16 a day maybe. And she gets half of one little capsule that I mix in a smoothie a day of this, something that drives toxins out of your body. But it's really, really gentle and you do it over a slow, long period of time. And then the long-term plan is that you, you change your life, right? You, <laughs> you eat things that support detoxification. You stick with your detox protocol. You continue taking herbs and supplements that get toxins out of your body, you help the body sweat, you move, you make sure you're pooping twice a day. I mean, everything that detoxifies, you have to make sure it happens. And then in six months, you know, you can do another test and see, is it working? You know, is it going in the right direction? Or is the trend like still moving in a poor way? And then you have to change something. It's a long, I mean, we're going to be, I'm going to be in a podcast in like a year from now, probably still talking about this, even though I'm, I'm going to try to keep mold stuff to a, to a minimal, minimum because it's even getting boring for me to talk about fucking mold, you guys. But in terms of health, that's where we are. I would love, I mean, love to bring someone on the show just to talk about toxicity in a bigger way. You know, how to maintain and create a healthy home. I mean, a truly healthy home. What are some things that we can all do for our families when it comes to minimizing the toxic burden of our families, our babies, I mean, our babies, the thought of that is like, I have been submerging my daughter in this water since she was born. And then there's, there's something not, you can get a shower filter. It's like 80 bucks. I found one online. You can get a shower filter that you just screw into the shower that keeps toxins away from the, the shower water that you're showering in every day. Like I would invest 80 bucks in that, knowing that that's going to last me for a super long time. You know, there are things we can do to help things along. And although this whole conversation is just so depressing, you know, we all want to be well, right? We all want to be healthy. We all want to take care of our kids and our families and not get to a place where all of a sudden we get severely ill. And then we find out, oh, wait, you know, it's my body has been exposed to all of this stuff and now I can't take it anymore. And now I have this, you know, which is, it leads to a whole array of, of symptoms and shit. But I'm trying to not think too much about, yeah, Leia. It's almost like the potential damage that, that's happened to, to my daughter's health. I can't think about it. I have to stay. Maybe that's my breaking point. 
to be honest, like when I started sharing at the beginning of this show, <laughs> I think if I if I look back at the time when I stopped giving all the fucks and I just kind of kind of yeah, I let my hair down a little bit was probably around the time I got the talks 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 reports back. It just it started feeling really overwhelming in terms of safety. Are we safe? Are we going to be well? Like, why are all these results so bad? And um, something that was so interesting, and I want to share this for anyone who has this or has a family member like this. So Dennis, you know, as I've told you before, doesn't have any symptoms of any kind, right? He, I, I think I can see symptoms in him that are very neurological and about memory and cognitive abilities and things like that. He just thinks he's getting old at 35, but he doesn't feel bad, right? He doesn't feel tired. He doesn't feel, he doesn't have all these symptoms of being sick the way I am. And apparently there's something called, and you can look this up if you've ever done like a 23andMe or one of those gene ancestry kind of tests, you know, where you find out more about your genealogy and stuff like that. There's a certain kind of gene that they're calling the warrior gene, which is kind of rare, but a lot of people have it. And and Dr. Jess was sharing this with me. So for a regular person, if you're exposed to toxins for a long period of time, you're going to feel it. Like the toxins go into the blood and you feel it in your body right away. It's kind of like if you go smell a bunch of gasoline, you're going to, you're going to get nauseous, right? If you huff glue, you're going to get a headache. Like if you expose yourself to something really toxic, your body's going to react and you'll be like, Ooh, that was bad because the body doesn't want it. So prolonged exposure you're going to show symptoms like that's what normal, you know, regular people that don't have this specific like gene mutation called the warrior gene for people with that gene, what happens instead of the toxins going into the blood, it goes into the fat and it's stored in the fat deposits of the body, which means that those people don't get sick in the same way. They don't feel they're not sensitive to big toxic things and to different changes in their bodies. They just feel good all the way through. So it's like, so she said, if Dennis has this gene, you should do one of those tests and check. It would be so interesting to know. That means that he can live in really toxic environments and not feel anything and not feel anything and feel totally great and fine. And I'm like, well, that sounds good. You know, is that a good thing for him? And she says, well, for people like that who don't get, you know, they, they don't get the warning signs, all of a sudden they just get like a cancer. They just get super sick. And then it's already at this advanced stage because they didn't get the chance to listen to their bodies when the body said, Hey, something's not right. Help me. You know? So whenever you hear of people who are so healthy and they feel so amazing and they didn't have any symptoms of any kind. And all of a sudden it turns out they have this really crazy, scary type of cancer. She said, chances are for in a lot of those cases that these people have this kind of gene mute. I don't know if it's a mutation or just a certain kind of whatever you call it, this certain kind of gene where they don't show symptoms in the same way early on. So actually that's bad. You know, she says feeling symptoms, feeling sick. It's a sign that your body is working. It's a sign that your body is talking to you. Your body wants you to make a change. Your body wants to be healthy, wants to live in a healthy home, wants to be supported, you know? So for anyone out there who's experiencing a lot of symptoms or illness, it is in a big way. And that's been helpful for me to just reframe, not like there's something wrong with my body, but there is something so right with my body. Thank God, throughout all these years, my body was talking to me in this massive way. Thank God I've been sensitive enough to actually feel these changes within me. I mean, thank God. Otherwise, we would still be living there and I would still be sick. 
and wondering every day, what's wrong with me? You know, what's wrong with me? This is just what it is now. You know, listen to this. You know, mostly I can breathe through my nose. When I record this podcast, oftentimes when, when, I, when I do the meditation in the beginning of the show and I say breathe through your nose, I have to breathe through my mouth because I'm all my mouth, my mouth, because I'm always stuffed. I'm always stuffy all the time. I always am blowing my nose every other hour all throughout the day. And I don't have to blow my nose at all anymore. I mean, I'm really breathing through my nose all day long, which is this, this shouldn't be a miraculous once in a blue moon thing, but it really is for me because normally I am always sniffly, constantly sniffly, constantly with asthma, constantly coughing, constantly with something, all of that has gone. And if it wasn't for my body giving me those symptoms, we would still be there. And Leia would still be breathing fucking attic air, making her sick, you know, at four years old, like her little, her little body. So I would love, you know, hopefully the, what I'm sharing in these shows isn't scaring or freaking anybody out, but rather inspiring you to really take charge of the health of your home. It's so important I mean, it really is that the inner environment of our safe haven, you know, that it's supporting our healing and not making us sicker. And there are so many ways we can make little changes, you know, around from, from the kinds of products that we use, the soap that you're washing your body with, the toothpaste that you're ingesting as you brush your teeth, you know, the food that you eat, the water you drink, like all of these things make an impact. And I, I'm going to be making different choices from here on out. I will. And I'm a little scared that that might even involve us being forced to move to another country or to make a, an even bigger change in our lives. But I would rather be healthy than anything else, you know, and know that my daughter is healthy. Or maybe we'll start, maybe we'll start a revolution here in Aruba and we'll, we'll, we'll change how things are and what's available. I mean, that would be a dream too. But here we are. <laughs> Yeah, so I, um, I'm a little bit nervous to say or to share that the next podcast I record, I will be in Sweden. I mean, knock on wood, like everything goes well. And I'm actually going to be recording next week's podcast episode from Sweden, which is just so wild, so wild, such a trip, so crazy. This goal image I've had of forest, I, I mean, hugging a tree cold water. Someone told me that it's going to snow in Sweden this weekend, which I'm really excited about. Leia has never seen snow in her life. It's like we get this weird kind of spring weather where all of a sudden it's super nice and sunny and then it snows for, for a day and then, you know, it's going to be heading into spring and summer soon. But I'm so excited. I really, 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 really am. So knock on wood, everything goes well. And by next week, I'll, 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 next week, you know, I'll be eating some organic vegetables. How about that? I mean, I really, that's, that's a big deal. I uh, hope you're doing well. I really am. And I hope you're healthy. And I hope you really feel like your home and your house and your environment is a safe healing space. And if it isn't, that this is a big nudge to, to make it so. Because a lot of this is within our power, right? Even though it feels like a lot of it is beyond our control, a lot of this actually is. And it's good to feel empowered. It really is. I uh, love you. If you want to 
talk to me about what is and isn't shoes, you can write me on Instagram. It's, it's my favorite topic of all time. And we'll be, we'll be continuing that over there. I'm sorry. I didn't share a lot about that today because it's a, it's a whole thing, but shoes, I bought, I bought what I think are shoes that I'm going to wear in Sweden, but I love you. (laughs) I really do. I really do. Take care of yourself and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And of course, thank you to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio. If you enjoyed this show, please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your podcasts. I'll see you next week.